Good morning, friends. I forgive you. You forgive me. Everyone is forgiven. That's a nice meditation. I just did that meditation this morning. I have a little allergies. Have some allergies, so I took some allergy medicine. I'm having my coffee and my morning meditation. I'm in my yoga pants, requiring myself to do yoga with Adrian on YouTube this morning as an exercise routine. It looks pretty nasty outside in Colorado. And things are wild. <laughs> things are wild. I hope that you are well. Oh, and by the way, this is Tracy Sue, and you are listening to What Would Tracy Sue Do? Where we ask better questions about things that matter. I want to talk a little bit about manifestation, law of attraction, and coronavirus. So, law of attraction is interesting because it often comes off as blame. You did this because you thought the wrong thoughts. If you were thinking the right thoughts, then none of this would have happened. And that's actually, well, it's kind of an asshole message, frankly, because it denies really basic human, fundamentally important things about how we process, how we process grief, how we process loss how we process things not going the way we had planned, how we process disappointment. So you manifested this, uh, is really just saying, skip the grief, look on the bright side. What can you do that's positive today? No, when you skip over the hard stuff, you don't progress in your cultivation of self, in your capacity for joy, and you definitely do not examine what you want. So if you are insisting that no one is allowed to be negative, quote unquote negative, whatever their interpretation is or your interpretation is of negative, which generally means uh, fear. Fear can exist alongside a love. Of course it can. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Fear it's not the opposite of love. It's just part of being human. That's all it is. That is it. That's all it is. And your fear is actually really helpful to tell you something. You should not shove aside fear and insist that you're not going to be afraid because you don't want to manifest something negative or something that you don't like. Do not shove it aside and be delusional about your fear. That's That doesn't eliminate your fear. It just shuts your fear up temporarily. The effects of fear will still exist in your life. So what do you do with fear? You just accept fear. I'm afraid. When you accept the things that you're feeling and the irrational, sometimes irrational, sometimes legitimate, uh, all of it's legitimate. Let me take that back. All of it is legitimate. Any feeling that you have right now is a legitimate feeling. It is a credible feeling. It is there to tell you something. It is there. If you're afraid of money, it is there to tell you about how unstable 
life is in general, unstable the way we're doing our economy, unstable the way we're making our living, unstable the way we're handling money. So that's a really important thing. Feelings are information. That's what they are. They're information. They can be information about a past wound that you haven't grieved through. They can be information about a current situation and how you need to change how you're making choices. They can point to insecurities. And then you can trace that insecurity back to the source, if you will, like where that insecurity developed. They can point to all kinds of really great information. You do not have to shame yourself for having fear. You did not make something bad happen. Like if you have lost your job, you did not make that happen because you had the wrong thoughts. That is not how this works. That's not how life works. It's not how law of attraction works. It's not how manifestation works. There are compulsively negative perceptions, but if you look at those, it's called the shadow. And how we deal with our shadow is we look straight at it and we say, okay, that's it. I'm drinking too much. I need to stop. Truth is the way out, right? So anything that is not the truth is what manifests things that you don't want necessarily, right? So if you're refusing to be quote unquote negative and forcing your feelings to shut up and go away, then what you're doing is denying the truth for you. You're denying the truth of your experience. You're denying the truth that's there. The fear is there to point to the truth. What am I afraid of? When I was doing my dream board um, for this year, I did not do one in 2019. It was the first, it was the first time in, well, since 2007 that I have not done a dream board. And I just had this very real sense that 2019 was a recalibration preparation year. It was a time to step back, really analyze what I wanted, really face the truth of my life, right? I committed to, um, sort of accidentally committed to stop lying to myself about other people, to stop lying to others about other people and their intentions and their effect on my life. I came through this because I had recognized a pattern in my romantic relationships in which I still was accepting someone's potential and seeing their soul instead of their earthly uh, self, right? Their personality, how they're behaving in their life, what they're doing, what choices they're making. And those things will affect my life. And those choices do affect whether I can have a um, healthy, uh, long-term, awesome, fulfilling relationship, right? So it had an effect everywhere in my life. It was very disruptive and it was very difficult to go through. And there was a ton of loss, a ton of loss and a ton of, of choosing new boundaries. People don't like boundaries. They don't like change to say, I'm not doing it this way anymore is very disruptive, but I do recommend it. I recommend it because I think going forward, I will have different kinds of relationships. And I also recommend it because you know what I found out? 
I'm not afraid to be alone. I actually very much enjoy being alone. I'm not afraid of being alone. And if I just look at what I'm feeling and what I'm doing, things are pretty good for me. I've done a lot of self-cultivation since 9-11, honestly. 9-11 was a big turning point for me. And I keep talking about 9-11 because it was an event that was unplanned, that had extremely disruptive, disastrous personal effects on my life. Um, there was the trauma of witnessing. There was the just culmination of really shitty circumstances that I did not manifest because I was thinking the wrong thoughts. And I did not go down a path of depression and self-discovery because I had a negative attitude. What I had was a completely human response to circumstances out of my control And I did not respond wrong, but it was a cue. It was a cue that said, you know what? The way you are operating in the world. And at the time I was operating in the world with a very, um, well, with a life plan, right? And my life plan was, uh, you know, you do this, you get married, you have kids, you stay married. Mom quits her job and tries to work from home as a writer. And, uh, the internet exists by now. So everybody should be on board with that. And, uh, I'm denying the fact that we actually still have discrimination and bias against women and mothers. And, um, it was a very difficult, God, I would say five years after 9-11 of a true death of self, a true grief period. And I came out of that through a spiritual awakening, right? And often we don't spiritually awaken unless we are forced to, because every, if everything is going great, um, there's no need to change your behavior. There's no need to change your mind. There's no need to change your perception or your habits or anything like that. When things fall apart, or when you recognize a pattern that keeps having negative effects on your life, whether that's in your relationships, your profession, your, um, how you're dealing with your feelings, uh, when those begin to show results you don't like. And when you get sick enough of that, that's when you say, all right, I'm changing. I'm not doing it this way anymore. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm not doing it this way anymore. So collectively, law of attraction and manifestation wise, we are experiencing a collective awakening. We're not awake yet. We're far from awake yet. There have been some collective awakenings that have rippled through society um, of smaller groups of people who I've gotten this sense that there are groups of people who go first. We go ahead um, of the masses, I guess you would say. We go in front of the masses and experience what the masses are going to experience a few years ahead of time. And in when we go through these 
phases of consciousness, we can come out of that, look behind us, and see that the masses are coming through this, this um, phase of consciousness. And we can then help and be of service and say, okay, I'm on the other side of this. And I can tell you what's coming. And I can also provide you with a roadmap to make this easier for you. And I feel like this has happened because here's what I've noticed. Um, I and several of my friends who are um, leaders and uh, um, more on the leading edge of consciousness and people I follow, right? So not just in my personal life. I started to notice about six months ago, people that I look to as teachers, that I look to as guides, that I look to as wise, they also started admitting that for the past several years, they had gone through a dark night of the soul. Now, my dark night of the soul correlated pretty closely with the president's election and how that went down. Um, and I believe that a lot of awakened conscious leaders in the spiritual movement <clears throat> also had the same experience. Collectively, it reached a point um, and I, I don't even know that that was like a, it was, it definitely was not a conscious choice, uh, but things shifted and they shifted, um, in a very destructive way. And, um, many of the leaders who were in the amazing spiritual movement that happened after, um, 2000, uh, one, and then the next wave of 2008, when we collectively have gone through these moments that shake things up, they change things, right? And there are certain people who go before a little bit and they say, oh, okay, something's happening and I can't put, I can't articulate what it is, but I am in pain or despair or, um, malaise, Malaise. I don't know why I'm on this planet. Um, I'm not getting what I want with what I was doing. Um, I'm having terrible disappointments. I don't care for... I don't care for collective consciousness. Some of us have a very um, tuned-in sense of collective consciousness. And when collective consciousness is off... It's very painful and it gets internalized in our bodies. Things come up. Uh, we end up to trying to do a lot of healing work collectively and that takes a toll on us personally. So I feel like there are people who have gone through what the masses are going through now and kind of come out on the other end, not fully out, but just kind of been like, okay, there's a, an ease of pressure here. So for me, 2017, 2018, and 2019 were rough. I mean, rough. My business crashed, like all the set, like overnight, just what I was doing was no longer working. The, the energy shifted and I felt it personally very deeply. 
I recognized that what I was chasing and achieving was never going to give me what I was trying to have in my life in terms of, um, I mean, the way we were dealing with money, uh, the way that we were dealing with our shadow side and like just, I reached a pinnacle of quote unquote success. I looked around me and thought, is this really what I want? Right. So it was on a financial level, but also I reached a pinnacle of spiritual success. And I looked around me and I thought, no one in my life is here. And if I stay here, then no one will be up here with me and I'll be very lonely. And I did not want that. I did not want to be alone. Now, I also reached a pinnacle of creativity that, um, again, no one could relate to. I couldn't have a conversation with anyone. So I tried to shut myself up and I tried to shut myself down and I tried to slow my energy so that I could remain with the people who I was in community with. And I enjoyed that community and it felt really good. Belonging feels amazing. And now I have understood that that is futile. So that's one of the messages I want to give you today. To grasp, to hang on, to cling to what your life looked like before is futile. It's never coming back. It is never, ever, ever, ever coming back. And that's a good thing. It will be a good thing after you go through the shitty thing right? Change is hard. It is painful. To lose people in your life is painful. These are grief worthy losses. These are grief worthy losses. And a lot of us have gone through a lot of loss in the past couple of years. The rest have clung and hung on and looked at those of us who went through loss and said, you're doing it wrong. If you would just do it this way, you're doing it wrong. You're thinking the wrong thoughts. (laughs) You're manifesting negativity in your life. It's not true. What you're manifesting is change, right? And we are collectively manifesting change. And we've all cried out for change. Whatever political side you're on, you've been crying out for change, right? A lot of people have been crying out for change in the sense that they want to go backwards. They want to go to a time before when uh, I started noticing that men would keep saying when, when it was a simpler time. And I would think, you mean the simpler time when everybody deferred to what you wanted? The simpler time when you didn't have to compromise with your wife? (laughs) because she wasn't allowed to say anything a simpler time when you were king of the hill and uh you didn't have to compete with minorities or women in your workplace yes that's exactly what they meant a simpler time when they got what they wanted and everyone deferred to them that's absolutely what they meant that's never happening again we're not going back to that I certainly, (laughs) I mean, there's a whole generation of, of generation X 
couples that got into relationships had ideas that equality was going to happen in those relationships. And then when it tried to happen, like when wives were like, no, this is my decision too. Men were dicks. (laughs) I just gotta say it. They felt threatened. Uh, what they wanted really was the idea, but not the actual reality of having an equal partner because being an equal partner is hard, right? Compromise is hard. Yeah, sure. Your marriage was successful in generations before that because the wife submitted to the husband and she didn't have any economic, um, uh, independence. And so she had to have you. And so she deferred to you. Yeah, life is easier. Marriage is easier because the rules are clear. And of course, men liked it that way because they always won, right? So it looks like marriage took a hit, but in reality, it's progress. And it will change future generations and the way they do relationship. Um, I think millennials are having their own major transition in terms of women are not needing husbands. They're still wanting spouses, but they're not needing husbands. Um, and so they're ending up in these novel situations. Uh, 9-11 babies are coming of age now. The way that they're doing relationship, I'm sure, will be different. It takes time for collective change. We have had all of this information change, right? This technology change. Our information technology changed. And one of my frustrations in raising kids is that we were doing our school system in a agriculture way, right? So during the the agriculture days, our school systems were set up for that. And they never progressed into the industrial age, the nine to five age, I'll call it. Right. So, so mothers who had to go out and work or, or wanted to go probably a combination of both wanting to go out and work and needing to go out and work were stuck while families were stuck in this position where nine to five doesn't match up with the way we were doing schools, which is very much based on agriculture, right? So you take breaks, like our breaks, our spring break and our, um, just all of our breaks, our summer break, our spring break, they operated around the heavy agriculture work uh, that we were doing a couple hundred years ago, right? So, um, there, they, our breaks operate around harvest and planting <laughs> and that didn't change. And our hours operated according to kids walking to school. That's why we have daylight savings time is to try to increase light during periods of time when kids are walking to school or home from school, right? So our school system stuck in our agriculture society and it never changed, which completely conflicted with our nine to five realities during the industrial age, I guess we'll call it right. The, the 
factory work, the nine to five hours, the white collar work, being in an office, right? This led to disparity between genders because somebody had to change their schedule to match the school children's schedule. And this is what left women behind professionally because the men were already making more money. So an, an economic choice had to be made to raise the family and the men kept progressing in their careers and the women couldn't because someone had to be there after school. Someone had to be there during break. Someone had to be there during teacher work days. Someone had to handle the kids during summer and daycare is very expensive. So when you're looking at the numbers, it's cheaper for the mother to put her career on hold or to shrink it. And then there was no re-entry, right? There's no re-entry. So we have two cultural ideas and then meeting that up with the information age in which you don't have to go to work. Employers uh, don't have to pay people full-time. Jobs don't have to be had. Um, they could pay contractors, right? Everybody can be quote unquote, quote, self-employed, which is cheaper for the employer because they don't have to pay benefits. They don't have to pay unemployment. They don't have to pay social security. They don't have to pay, um, they don't have to pay what they contribute, health insurance. They don't have to pay any of the things that contribute, right? So it's a 1099 form. Uh, that's how people pay taxes. The, employer has no responsibility. There's no hourly wage. So all of the things that the labor force worked for in terms of fairness, fair pay, uh, safe conditions, reasonable working hours, overtime, like all of these laws that were fought for and won by um, workers became irrelevant, not applicable as we moved into the inter- information age. And these are marked by technological advances, and also by events that shift things overnight. So the jobs that existed before 9-11, they never came back. The jobs that existed before the housing crisis in 2008, they didn't come back, and they're not going to come back now. You have been sent home and do not expect to go back the way you were. And this is long-term a good thing because now we will have to shift our systems to match our current realities, right? We can bring forward our school systems and our work systems and the way that we have our economy set up in terms of who pays for what and how that gets managed, such as healthcare, right? If, if people don't have jobs and some of us were, were faced with this terrible, painful, unstable, insecure feeling of, I have no, no grounding here. I have no support because we're still operating in this nine to five model that doesn't fit my reality in terms of how we work. Right. So I kind of feel like everybody's been (laughs) welcomed into the world I've been living for quite some time. And I'm here to tell you that 
it's not as bad as you think in terms of long term. Long term, this is an opportunity to move into the present reality of our outsourcing, automation, nine to five, an agricultural school system that is all kinds of jacked up. It's just, it doesn't match each other. We're not aligned, right? So when we talk about spiritual alignment, you have to align with the reality on the planet earth. You have to align with the laws of money. Your choices have to align where you want to go, right? You have to, uh, we need to align. There's a realignment that must happen. And we've all known it. So in our own ways, we've been praying for change that aligns with our current realities, our current values, our current um, work, our current, like, we're misaligned. We're also extremely mismatched with what we want for our lives, right? So all of these people who have been sent home to work from home, laid off, who will no longer have jobs, this is the opportunity to look at that and say, what do I now want for my life? Do I want to have that job? For a long time, people have been in jobs that they hate because they thought they had to do it. They had to do it for the security. They had to do it for the money. They had to do it to keep up with the Joneses. They had to do it to get the quote unquote American dream with the marriage and the white picket fence and the house and the mortgage. And then when they got there to the six figures, uh, to the house, to the whatever it is that they thought they wanted, something was missing or they realized that the price was high or they realized they were in the wrong profession, that it didn't light them up. Right? So we've had this enormous mismatch of jobs for people. Like a a desire has welled in someone and they find themselves doing work they hate, right? And that desire is next door doing work they hate. And the, the neighbor may love your job and you may love their job, but it was too difficult to figure out a way to switch. I believe there are people on the planet who want to do the work that you do, not in competition with you, but perhaps because you hate your job or you feel disenchanted, or maybe that, that chapter, that phase of life is just over for you. I mean, that is valid right? We go through phases where things matter to us and then they stop mattering to us. I like to use the parenting analogy, right? Oh my gosh, is, you know, pregnancy and breastfeeding and, um, you know, how you raise toddlers and child development is fascinating endlessly to mothers, to young families, As you age out of that period of development in your life, you also age out of interest in that. It no longer becomes the most fascinating thing in your world because that chapter is over. 
right? So I'm in a chapter of shift with my own family. My kids don't need me as much. They're older. My daughter's turned 18. She's going to go to college in the fall. That's a transition. There's had to be a grief period. And I'm sure my grief period is not over as these manifest into reality, into physical reality. But it has caused me to look at, okay, what do I want to be doing when I'm an empty nester? How do I want to live my life now? What do I want that to look like? So to expect us to have one profession, one calling, one purpose is an unreasonable expectation. It's not helpful. It's not useful. And then when we say, oh, well, just be positive without taking time to notice, here's where I'm unsatisfied. Here's what I don't like. Here's what I'm not going to do anymore, right? That fear, that that malaise, that discontent. Happy people look at their discontent in the face and make choices based on that information. Happy people make choices based on the information their discontent provides them. That's science, people. That's not a philosophy. That's science. There is science that proves this. Happy people are not the people who say, oh, just look at the bright side. Don't be so negative. I'm not going to think that thought. Those are not the people who become happy. The happy person looks at the reality of their situation and says, I'm unhappy. What's not working? Where is this grief coming from? What is this fear about? Fear is not the opposite of love. Fear is information. Fear just comes with it. It just comes with being human. We are being tested on a Maslow's hierarchy of needs right now. If you don't know what this is, there's a pyramid. You can go look it up and you can see a picture of the pyramid. On the very bottom is food, shelter, Like your basic, I need to be alive, right? Like, how do I be alive? I need to make that happen. And we have a system in which a lot of us have been moved down to a bottom rung of the hierarchy of needs. Above that are things like belonging. Above that are things like, um, you know, self-actualization. Above that... It goes up, but if you don't have the bottom rung, you do not have the luxury of thinking about your purpose, right? If you can't even figure out how to be alive, how to get basic healthcare, how to get a basic education, how to live in a house safely, how to, like, these are just, if we have a huge portion of society that is stuck on that bottom rung and that rung is growing, we're doing it wrong. If the rung at the very bottom, if the bar at the very bottom of the needs, the hierarchy of needs is growing instead of shrinking, we are doing it wrong. And that is the position we have found ourselves in. We have found ourselves in the poverty, the people in poverty are becoming a greater and greater number 
and the people in the middle are shrinking and the people at the top are shrinking. This is not the way progress goes. That's not how progress happens. Progress happens when the when more people achieve the higher levels that lead to spiritual experience, self-actualization, um, meaning of life, right? These things are higher than I have a place to live and I can go to the doctor and I can educate my children. And we've known for a long time that numbers are not reflections of happiness, security, self-worth. Like we've had this idea that you make six figures and you ring the success bell and now you have what you want. And we've known for a while that that's blatantly untrue. Everyone should pick up a book called The Millionaire Next Door. I see this in my own life. You can spend everything that you make and never get ahead. You can make six figures and be poorer than the person who makes, you know, $30,000. In the system we have set up, numbers are completely meaningless and arbitrary. We think they have meaning because we're told they have meaning, but they truly do not. I mean, just look at the last three years. Those stock market numbers are meaningless. It's imaginary money. It's a gamble on the future. It's a false sense of security that we know can vanish overnight. Look at our world today. It can vanish overnight and it will vanish overnight if it's based on falsity. And our stock market was based on falsity because when you look at job ads today, $12 an hour is a, it's like the basic hourly wage. We can look at the numbers and we can see that pay has not increased, but the cost of living has increased dramatically. We can look at the numbers of people who can't ever even get the 401k off the ground because they're stuck at, I, I'm struggling to pay the rent. <laughs> and this is because we've gone from a nine to five where your nine to five was supposed to be how you achieved security. Those jobs have been lost. We have not updated our social systems so that people can achieve security without a nine to five employer. This is our opportunity to do that. We can re-choose. This is a period of re-choosing. During this time, the more, the most important thing that you can do is to re-choose how you want to live. How do you want to earn a living? Who do you want to live with? Who do you want to be in relationship with? What do you want those relationships to look like? What are your true values? Your fear right now points to values. They point to a need that you have fundamentally, and it is not selfish to be concerned with the bottom rung of that. The bottom rung is just basic 
How do I be alive? How do I keep my kids alive? Shelter, food, health. That's just basic. And I'm here to tell you that when this is over, we will not be the same. We will look differently. And to try to get your old life back will be foolish and it will not make you happy and it will fail. <laughs> I promise you to try to get your old life back will fail. You might be able to cobble some things that look similar together, but if they are not in alignment with your desire and with the new reality, it will fail. And then you'll feel bad that it failed. And that's a normal, natural feeling. So right now, while you are in quarantine, while you have to change the way that you work, while the entire structure of society collapses around us, while we face just basic, fundamental, staying alive, while we look at all of the loss we're experiencing. Allow the grief. Listen to the fear. Listen to it because it's there to tell you something. There are gifts and opportunities that will be born of this. And it's okay not to see them now and it's okay not to feel them now. But what you can do is really contemplate what you want in your life. Really contemplate how you want to spend the precious hours. Really contemplate how you want to cultivate a self that you like to be alone with. Really contemplate your values. This takes time, friends. I took the entire year of 2019 to really look at this and really say, okay, I, I need to live a certain way. What is that way? How am I going to get what I want without getting trapped, right? Because we find ourselves in traps. When we chase numbers, when we chase objects, we find ourselves in traps. So if you remove numbers and you're about to figure out that a lot of numbers can be moved. When we remove obligations, you're about to figure out that a lot of obligations can be removed. When we relu- when we remove certain relationships, you're about to figure out that some relationships are not good for you anymore. And it's time to re-choose, right? So here's the thing. When you discover your values, when you discover how you want to spend your time, when you discover who you want to do life with, when you cultivate a self instead of trying to grab a relationship, the people in your life are going to change. There will be loss. And it's okay to grieve that. It will naturally happen. You don't have to force anything to happen. If you try to force anything to happen, you're just going to fuck it up. 
because you don't have any power <laughs> to do that, right? We love to think that we can choose anything we want and our thoughts can just create whatever we want. But the thing is, even if you can create it, you're not even examining what you really, really, truly at the core fundamentally want. And you're also dismissing the information that the universe has for you, right? So we can insist that we want that particular person. This is, this is the complexity and the simplicity of free will. Yes, you're allowed to insist on that. Yes, you're allowed to insist that you never think fear thoughts. Yes, you're allowed to create your life and insist on those. But you don't have all the information. You do not have all the information. God, the universe, spirit, that has the information. Thy will be done has a simplistic beauty to it, right? Because it removes responsibility for you to figure out every detail of your life. It, re- it removes all the artificial barriers. And it's about surrender. It's about the idea that you can't control everything. You can't control all of your feelings. You can't control all of your thoughts. You cannot control the circumstances of your life. You fucking certainly cannot control other people. And much of what we try to manifest is an attempt to control other people. Even if we cannot see it, it is an attempt to control other people. And we do that for all kinds of reasons. The largest one being that other people do affect our lives. <laughs> and, and that we want to be able to control our lives. And if we've learned nothing through this, we definitely should be learning that we cannot control all of the circumstances of our lives. We have the things that we can control are very small. Like our ability to control the universe is limited. Our ability to control the circumstances of our lives are limited. Our ability to control nature is limited. And there's a freedom in that. And it's hard to get to like the feeling of freedom is kind of hard to get to. And you just kind of have to push through. And I don't mean push through. I mean, I don't mean push through in the capitalistic sense where we ignore our feelings and we do things we don't want to do. And we just make ourselves do stuff. I don't mean that kind of push through. I mean, you sit with the feeling that sucks You sit with the circumstances you do not love. You surrender even when you can't figure out how to surrender. You accept the fact that you feel hopeless or you feel malaise or you don't have passion. You accept the fact that you're exhausted. You accept the fact that your control is limited. You accept the fact that you feel shitty things. You accept the fact that you're scared. You accept the fact that you can't push through. We need a complete recalibration. We have prayed for that regardless of whatever your politics are. You have in some way or another prayed for that. There are some traps that we fall into when we're making progress and that's okay. 
our lives will look different and we do get to make some choices about what that looks like. And we do that by noticing our discontent and shifting accordingly. What I came to at the end of 2019, after spending a year um, really facing that, really facing truths and really facing um, my own personal habits of denial and lying to myself and really facing um, traps that I had fallen into in terms of what I defined as success and how I wanted to live my life and who I wanted to do that with. Um, I came to the point where I surrendered to the idea that my only job is to grow my own personal light and to expand my capacity for joy. I came to the realization that my brilliance for the sole purpose of my own joy is the only thing that I have to do because thy will be done says, okay, universe, I get it. I am powerless in the face of your knowledge, right? Of the information you have, I am too dumb to be trying to manifest, to be trying, trying to manifest anything in terms of numbers or what's going to work for me or what's going to get me to the happiest place or who I want to be in relationship in terms of the list that I've made of desirable characteristics that, you know, could, and this has, it has produced people in my life. The list of desirable characteristics has produced people in my life that meet the list characteristics, but do not match, I guess would be the word match. When you run a life based on values, and I'm not talking about rules. I am not talking about rules, right? So what religion calls a value is not a value. It is a rule there is a difference. Your values are something core to you. What matters to you? And your feelings can tell you a lot about what that is, right? So if you're having a really, really, really scary feeling, so I, I to, through 2019, my business crashed, my relationships uh, dissolved, and I felt very insecure. I felt very insecure and I realized I do not like this feeling. I do not like this feeling. So one of my words became security. Fundamentally, I need to feel secure. However the universe wants to deliver that for me, I'm going to surrender to that. Joy is created from light. How do I want to shine? How can I pull the things that I want or that are good for me toward me? 
How simple and fundamental and core can I make that? Okay? Shine as brilliantly as I can. And allow whatever will create joy to come to me. Right? So you focus on getting brilliant. You focus on the light. You do activities that increase that vibration. Light is a vibration. Right? You do activities. You do whatever it takes for you to increase your light, to increase your vibration in speed and brilliance, right? So you focus on brilliance. That brilliance pulls things towards you that manifest joy. That's all your business. That's your business, man. That's it. That's your business. Then things come to you. The right things come to you based on what the universe know that you, knows that you want. And I encourage us to do this collectively as well. Like we have all of these metaphors to describe our culture that are just gross. Dog eat dog world. Like, no, I don't want to live in that world. I'm fine. Fuck you. You're on your own. I don't want to live in a society that is structured that way. Do you? I, it creates so much insecurity for us to swing from one extreme to another. Somewhere in the middle, I mean, we have got to come to a point where we realize we're all in this together. And if this virus doesn't do that, I don't know what will. There's going to be a power grab. There already is a power grab. Yesterday, I saw they're trying to convince the nation that we should postpone our electoral rights. Postpone all election activity. Well, we've pretty much postponed all election activity because six people cannot be in the same room together. We uh, aren't allowed to do political activities that are effective, like going door to door. Primary elections have definitely been compromised with workers too scared to show up. Some primaries were postponed indefinitely. Like, this is a moment where there's going to be a massive power grab. And collectively, we need to envision a world where things are fairer, make more sense, are aligned with today's technological realities, Do not bankrupt future generations. Like we talk about the student loan crisis, and I don't think we're fully grasping that to bankrupt our future generations is self-destructive. What we're being is (laughs) self-destructive. Like we're being incredibly self-destructive. The system is based on a previous reality. And it is self-destructive. Like, that's the bigger question. What is self-destructive? 
What is long-term planning? We have to shift the focus to the next paycheck because the next paycheck isn't coming for a huge portion of the population. And if you're the one who still has your job, at least realize that that is tenuous. This is the massive event that can change things around. It can get uglier, more terrifying, awful, less stable, more self-destructive, or, or we can collectively insist that we're not doing it like that anymore. It doesn't work for us. It does not work for us. Use this quiet time. Be still and know that I am God. Thy will be done. It's not easy. It's not easy to be alone with yourself if you've been cultivating other things. One thing I've noticed in the last year, one insight that I've had is the people... Some people cultivate a relationship instead of a self. And long term, that's not the best idea because you cannot control another person in a relationship. But you can control yourself. And whether that relationship exists or doesn't exist is a tenuous experience at best. It doesn't matter if you've got a beautiful, lovely relationship. If your partner dies, you are now alone. And if you cannot tolerate being alone with yourself, or you cannot entertain yourself, or you have not cultivated a self, now you're screwed. In the last seven years, I've seen a lot of people cultivate other people, other relationships. And I've spent a lot of time cultivating a self. And I, I am not exaggerating when I say I truly enjoy my own company. I am not bored. I do not need entertaining. I am not afraid of my own thoughts or feelings. Cultivating a self doesn't mean you end up in a perfect place, but a lot of people can't even tolerate being themselves for five minutes. I just recently have heard of a study where they put people in a room with a buzzer and they said, if you sit here for 15 minutes, um, you get some kind of reward by yourself alone. Or you can ring the buzzer, it will give you pain, like physical pain, and you get nothing. The majority of people pushed the buzzer within five minutes. Because they are terrified of being with their own thoughts, of being with their own self. If you think you can get what you want and you can't even be with yourself... you're never gonna get what you want because you don't even know what you want. You're too scared to even look. 
You're too scared to even ask. You're too scared to face your demons. And I'm telling you, your demons are not as scary as you think that they are. Or maybe. Uh-huh. All right, I'm going to wrap it up right there. Um, yeah, I'm around. I'm here on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Tracy Sue. T-R-A-C-E-E-S-I-O-U-X. If you don't know about Patreon, it's um, it's like a private blog. or a pr- Actually, it's more like a private news feed because you can post a video. Um, I find that it's more private, that it allows more freedom than um, social media as we know it today. And I like that idea. It's also a way for me to distribute information that doesn't suck up all my time by trying to put it everywhere. I can put it there and I'm just, I'm trying to open up my classes, my past, uh, I'm trying to open up ways with content that I've created that help you cultivate a self, help you choose wisely what you want in your life going forward help you not be afraid, help you figure out which voice is real and which voice is not, right? You have a voice from your soul and from your higher power. But most often, we hear the ego voice, especially if we're running and running and running and running and running. We don't have we can't run and run and run anymore. We can sit down and be with ourselves and make choices. So I have so much content that I have created to help you on this path. And that content is located on Patreon. Yeah, thank you so much for clicking. And I think I'm going to title things a little differently for the podcast. Um, I'm being very careful about what kind of information I take in. So I'm going to put rant on uh, things where I get worked up and all excited about how we're doing things. And then I'll put inspirational maybe on the other ones because I don't want to limit to one or the other because life is not limited to one or the other. Humans are complex and we're allowed to have more than one feeling. That's the thing. In a day, you'll probably feel 20 feelings and that's okay. You do not have to pick a side. You do not have to pick always positive or always negative or always sad or always in grief. Feelings fluctuate and that's normal, as will the podcast and the messaging that I'm putting out there in the world. It will fluctuate based on my own feelings and my own acceptance of my feelings and my lack of shame around being human. All right. I love you. Stay safe. Get your exercise. Go outside in nature around your block if you can and cultivate a self that you like hanging out with. Amen.